Hans Christian Andersen once said, When words fail, music speaks. I know for a fact that this is true. When I couldn't express my feelings, there was always a song out there that had just the right words. So let's do this. Let's take a trip down memory lane and talk about music. Let's get in my feels. Growing up, music was a big part of my life. I have so many fond memories of my childhood filled with music. I remember helping my parents in the garden during the weekends while Tom Jones or Engelbert Humperdinck played through the screen door. I remember dinners being made and tables being set to the sound of the carpenters or the Bee Gees filling the room. I can recall long road trips with the radio blasting 90s R&B and hip-hop against my father's will. Fun fact, his car radio couldn't go past 90 FM, which really only left us with listening to My FM 88.6, the hottest hip-hop and R&B station. I also recall having a Laserdisc player and a collection of karaoke songs laying in wait until the next party. For the kids out there who have no idea what a Laserdisc was, it basically was a video disc that was the size of a vinyl, but had the appearance of a CD. In terms of the progression of technology, Laserdiscs came after the VHS, and was superseded by the video CD, and eventually, DVDs, and Blu-rays. We had one rule in our household that could not be ignored, and that was first-time visitors couldn't leave the house without at least performing one song. Oftentimes, that rule was purposely omitted until it was too late. No one was safe from that rule even the Jehovah's Witnesses that knock on your door. Yes, folks, my father invited the unsuspecting Jehovah's Witnesses in and forced them to sing karaoke. He also fed them tacos and made them play Super Mario on the Nintendo. Needless to say, they never came back again. 1010 would definitely recommend. I also remember the sounds of Christmas carols ringing through my ears as soon as September 1st hit. For those of you who are confused, Christmas season in the Philippines starts on September 1st due to the fact that it is the beginning of the Burr months. Some of you might be asking, what about Halloween or Thanksgiving? And I won't tell you the same thing every time I'm asked those questions. Those are American holidays. Thanksgiving is a holiday inspired by the feasts between the Native Americans and the pilgrims. Why the fuck would Philippines celebrate that? And Halloween? That originally was All Hallows' Eve, the day before November 1st, also known as All Saints' Day. 
in the 1800s, the United States started the tradition of trick-or-treating, and it has become more and more secular and less religious since then. Seeing that the Philippines is predominantly Catholic, they celebrate All Saints' Day in a similar fashion as Mexico and Latin America celebrates the Day of the Dead. If you don't know what the Day of the Dead is, think of the Disney movie Coco. Now that I've given you a history lesson, Christmas music has always started on September 1st for me, and it will continue to do so until the day I die. That isn't to say that I won't celebrate Halloween or Thanksgiving with my family in America, but it's not going to stop me from playing Christmas music during those four months. So to all the people that have ever judged me harshly regarding this, get off my dick and try to see it from my perspective, won't you? Anyway, that escalated rather quickly. Let's get back to the topic at hand. As you can see, I grew up with both the oldies and the popular songs. I was an equal opportunist, and I appreciated all genres, with the exception of country. I only dabbled in pop country, and not really the whole, I fell in love with my pickup truck and it left me for my sister kind of country. I was more of a Shania Twain and Taylor Swift kind of girl. It wasn't until I moved to Georgia that I truly appreciated that genre as much as any other. My friends in Philly, they consider it waking up and choosing violence whenever I decide it's a country music kind of day. If I were to shuffle my library of music, I would be in for a hell of a roller coaster. I actually once made that mistake once while driving to work. I went through way too many emotions during that commute. I went from being in the club with 50 Cent to getting down with the sickness in a split second. But no matter what, I will always find myself drawn to songs that hit you in the feels. You know what I'm talking about. The gut-wrenching, emotionally damaging songs that seem to fit whatever life crisis you're currently in the middle of. If you asked me what my favorite song was from a specific artist, I wouldn't necessarily pick their most popular or their most upbeat song. I'd pick the one that makes me feel the most emotions. For example, my favorite Evanescence song is My Immortal. My favorite Fuji song is Killing Me Softly. And yes, I enjoy the OG version of that song even more. My favorite Coldplay song has got to be Fix You. And if we take it all the way back to ABBA, my favorite song is Fernando. If we're talking about Taylor Swift, who by the way, has a shit ton of emotionally damaging songs. At this current point in my life, it would have to be My Tears Ricochet. But anyways, you get the point. I'm a masochist. There's no need to tell me. I wonder if it's because of my love for OPM music, also known as original Pinoy music. Growing up outside of the motherland, I was deprived of hearing Filipino music. Anytime we stopped at the Filipino store, 
I would peruse the music selection and beg my parents to buy me the latest cassette tape or CD that they had in stock. Mind you, Philippines has all sorts of genres, but one thing that they had in abundance was overly emotional soundtracks, and I just couldn't get enough of them. I was so excited when we moved to America and discovered that there was something called the Filipino Channel. From that point on, my musical horizons were expanded. And with the improvements in technology since then, I can now stay connected to my roots via YouTube because sometimes artists aren't popular enough to be placed on popular streaming avenues such as Apple Music or Spotify. Having said all that, you can see that I have a passion for music and I enjoy it thoroughly. So imagine my surprise when one day my world suddenly became silent and void of any music. It's what I like to call the day the music died. When Anastasia passed away, I couldn't listen to music without bawling my eyes out. It reminded me of memories that I'll never have with her. It didn't matter if it was a happy song or an upbeat song. I would hear one line in the lyrics and it would trigger a reaction. And bam, I was in tears. It could have been a song about bitches and hoes. And I would break down because she would never get to experience being referred to as said bitch or said ho. Nor would she be able to feel the indignation of being called such a thing. Silly, I know, but clearly I wasn't in the right mindset. Listening to music felt like I was going to war. I was always on the edge, wondering when I was going to be attacked by lyrics. I couldn't enjoy it anymore, especially when I always ended up feeling sucker-punched. It could have been the happiest song in the whole damn world, and I would become upset because she would never get to experience that kind of happiness. Nor did I know if I would ever be able to either. So I had no choice. I had to swear off music. I needed to function again, and I couldn't very well be a hot mess every time I got into the car or God forbid, while I was at work. Let me tell you, the absence of music made the workdays just a teeny bit longer. And by a teeny bit, that shit dragged. That silence was unbearable at times, but it was the lesser of two evils. Can you imagine having an hour commute to work every day two to four hours on the way home depending on traffic. Now imagine silence. That was me. I'm sure I probably looked stoic as fuck sitting in bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic, staring into nothingness. I'm sure you're wondering if there's a happy ending to this story. Is this poor woman subject to a world of silence for the rest of her life? The answer is no. This absence of music, thankfully, was a phase that I outgrew. 
So how did I overcome my fear of music? One day, my husband was watching something on YouTube and it stopped me in my tracks. I had learned to tune out any music that he listened to in order to save my sanity. Yet on that day, I was drawn to it like a moth to a flame. I looked over at his phone and I saw a redhead with a violin dancing in a beautiful landscape of snow and ice. The music that saturated my ears was unexpected. You see a woman with a violin and you automatically think classical music. Boy, was I wrong. She instead created a masterpiece that was filled with the trills of the violin and combined it with dubstep. That's right. I'm talking about Lindsay Sterling, the infamous dubstep violinist. In that moment, hearing her music made me feel as though the emptiness in my being had reclaimed a missing piece after all this time. I became obsessed with her. I watched every single video she had uploaded to YouTube, and I downloaded them. It's actually still on my bucket list to see her live in concert one day. Every time she had a show in my area, I wasn't financially capable of attending one. Now that I am financially stable, she doesn't do anything close enough to me. One day, I will fly somewhere and I will attend her Christmas tour. So on the slim chance that she's out there listening to this episode, thank you so much for bringing music back to my life. Because of you, my world was no longer silent and I couldn't be sated. Honestly, I can't believe I didn't think to listen to instrumental music since it technically was the lyrics that would always trigger me. So from there, I started listening to musical scores, and I was able to release some of the pent-up emotions that desperately needed a way out. I even discovered something called epic music. If you type in the YouTube search bar, epic, powerful music, or epic, sad music, or epic any kind of music, it'll pull up the type of music that you would hear in the background of movies. You know what I'm talking about. The soundtrack that intensifies what you're watching. I loved listening to those. Although listening to epic battle music while driving is not recommended, I would feel the music and I would automatically start speeding. And I have been pulled over a few times because of that, so don't recommend. Eventually, though, after a few years of listening to only instrumentals, I was able to return to all music. I do want to note that during that time of silence and abstaining from music with lyrics, I did listen to a few songs here and there, but they only served one purpose. I had a playlist that was filled with sad songs about death or missing someone. It was rare that I listened to them, but when I did, it was for one purpose only, and that was to tear my heart out and stomp all over it. And trust me, those sessions were never pretty. I believe one time, I had the smart idea 
to fucking listen to that playlist on an early morning commute when it was pitch black and pouring rain. Let me paint that scene for you. Imagine driving on the highway at 5 a.m. There's hardly any other commuters on the road with me, so it was fairly safe enough to not worry about swerving into the wrong lane. The rain was pouring and the road conditions weren't ideal for speeding, let alone a painful music session. I could barely see in front of me, nor could I see the lines in the road. So what did I do? I thought, because I was feeling emotionally vulnerable at the time, that it would be a good idea to put the playlist on. Let me tell you, it was the worst fucking idea I had, and I still to this day don't know what the fuck I was thinking. I only made it worse. I couldn't see already from the poor road conditions, so I thought having uncontrollable tears blinding me would make things so much better. I have no clue how I made it to work in one piece that day. Somehow I did, and I'm extremely grateful for that. For those of you who are curious, here are a few of the song titles on my playlist. Keep Holding On by Avril Lavigne. I'll Be Missing You by Puff Daddy and Faith Evans. One Sweet Day, Mariah Carey and Boys to Men. Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton. And of course, My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. Now, I won't bore you with the entire playlist, but that should be enough to give you an idea. I realize I've spent most of this episode talking about how music speaks to my grief. So let's talk about other ways music speaks to me, and maybe to you as well. There is a song for just about every emotion or situation out there. And if there isn't, I'm sure some songwriter will create it eventually. There are songs that I listen to, and it reminds me of my teenage angst stage. There are songs that remind me of the different stages of love. Songs about being carefree and happy. Songs about going out to the club and having an awesome time with my friends. I can hear a song, and it will remind me of a memory from my past. Sometimes it's a memory that I think about fondly, while other times it's a memory I want to forget. It could be about little things that people don't always remember unless triggered. Or it could be about an important life event that you attribute to a song. For example, every time I hear the graduation song by Vitamin C, I think about my high school graduation. Every time I hear Perfect by Simple Plan, I'm transported to my teenage angst days or early 20s when I felt like I wasn't ever going to be good enough for my parents. Which, to be honest, even now as I'm approaching 40s, sometimes I feel like I'm still not. Every time I hear Scars by Papa Roach, I think about the people in my life that I couldn't help and how much pain that caused me to watch them drown. And on the flip side, I think about the times when I was that person who was busy drowning. Every time I hear the music from Les Mis, 
I remember the good old days in drama club performing that musical in high school. Or the time my husband and I saw it at the Walnut Theater in downtown Philly. Every time I hear instrumentals by Bear McCreary, I'm transported to scenes from Battlestar Galactica, the 2000s remake, or scenes from The Walking Dead. Every time I hear Usher's burn, I think about the first guy who broke my heart. I remember I was in the car with my sister when she told me he'd moved on after ghosting me. Every time I hear Crossroads by Bone Thugs and Harmony, I'm transported back to recess in New Zealand where we would memorize the lyrics and perform it on the playgrounds. Every time I hear Our Song by Taylor Swift, I think of my husband and the early days of our relationship. We used to drive along in my green hoopty while the song was blasting on the radio. And every time I hear Will You Still Love Me by the Shirelles are knocked three times by Tony Orlando and the Dawn. I think of being a six-year-old singing karaoke. There was even one time when we were at the bowling alley for my parents' weekly bowling games. I sang it in the bar slash club that was attached to the bowling alley. I can't remember who did it, but someone in my family signed me up and I was surprised as fuck when they called my name to come up. The looks from the crowd when I stood up and hesitantly walked up to the stage are forever embedded in my brain. That's probably the beginning of how I discovered stage fright. Looking back on this memory, I do realize that I don't sing in front of people anymore. Not necessarily because of stage fright, because despite that incident at the bowling alley, I still continued to sing my heart out whenever karaoke was present. I still joined school choir and drama club. I was a part of musical productions in high school. This is probably one part of music that hasn't fully come back to me yet after Anastasia. It must have been a few months ago when my youngest, Emma, heard me sing for the first time in her life and she's about to turn seven this year. I was cooking dinner, and I had a song from Miss Saigon playing. I can't remember if it was The Last Night of the World or Sun and Moon by Lea Salonga and Simon Bowman. I just remember I was singing my heart out with reckless abandon in a way that I had done so in the past. I didn't realize it was an odd occurrence until tiny little Emma came along and said, Oh my God, Mommy, I didn't know you could sing. I had to stop and think about it, and she was right. I rarely sing nowadays, especially around other people. And I thought about all the precious moments I could have had singing with my kids that I missed out on. It's a sad realization that losing one child caused me to inadvertently adjust my parenting style and essentially rob them of little memories that could be remembered many moons down the road. The mom I always thought I would be is a lot different than the mom I am now. Anyways, I'm sure you get the point. Music is a personal journey for everyone. We're all brought to our own magical worlds as we relive the past, the present, and the future. 
It's a form of expression and can give you words when you have none. And during times when I had none, the song that could express everything that I was feeling wasn't created yet. And that song is Bigger Than the Whole Sky by Taylor Swift. So if you want to know what it feels like to lose a child, whether it's due to stillborn or miscarriage or as an infant, listen to that song. When I first heard it, I stopped dead in my tracks and I had to restart the song. The lyrics that had my attention was when she sang, I'm never gonna meet what could have been, would have been, should have been you. Anyway, I'm sure y'all have something better to do than listen to me go on and on and on about music. So with that said, thank y'all so much for listening. My name is Anne. Before I go, I want to leave you with the words of Mark Twain. Sing like no one is listening. Dance like no one's watching. And live like it's heaven on earth or not, whatever you do, just remember, you are not alone. <laughs>